0: Hey, everybody happy today? Say amen. amen. I want you to turn in your Bible to Exodus 20. Hold your place there. I'm actually going to read a little something to you today to kind of get us started. As you know, we've been uh, uh, doing a series actually on Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, uh, on Sunday morning, it's, uh, we're talking about American idols, dethroning the modern day idols of your time. And then Wednesday night, we're going through a small group series called Gods at War. And a lot of, well, some of what you hear on Sunday morning has been inspired by Keith Eidelman uh, in this book. It's just a fascinating book and a fascinating small group series. Wednesday night, when the small groups completed, nobody wanted to go home. I mean, uh, it's just, they just kept on. The small groups just kept on, except they weren't sitting in a circle. They were just standing in a circle. So uh, just phenomenal information and insight and really great deliverance. But, and so Keith is identifying some of the the modern day idols of our time, the God of pleasure, the God of entertainment, and even the God of sex and other things that have so uh, intertwined themselves in our life. Even good things can become gods, right? I said, even good things can become gods but I thought this was interesting. I want to read this. This is the beginning of the chapter, the God of uh, entertainment. How many of you have a big imagination this morning? We've got one person has a big, all right. You're going to have to have a big imagination to imagine this with me, but follow along. Uh, People arrive hours early for church. See, I told you, you're going to have to have a big imagination. On Sunday mornings, they don't just set a backup, they don't just set a backup alarm clock to assure that they wake up in time. They set a backup for the backup. They arrange their schedule to make sure they don't miss gathering for worship. Throughout the week, they talk about what happened on the previous Sunday as excitement builds for the upcoming church service. There are are all day talk shows on the radio and TV devoted to reviewing last week's service and breaking down the next one. There's even a TV show called, quote, Church Center that runs highlight clips of church activity that happened all across the nation that day. When Sunday comes, the members start loading up their trucks, SUVs, and sedans hours before the service start. Hurry, says dad frantically, we're behind again. It's 6 a.m., says mom church doesn't start for five hours. Well, last time we left at this time, we had to park three miles from the sanctuary and sit in the nosebleed seat. Someday I really want to sit in the front row, but you have to camp out on the church lawn to have any chance at that. See your imagination. The roads are really congested on the way to church, no matter how early you leave at church, there are vehicles parked as far as the eye can see. Folks are out tailgating. Some have elaborate spreads prepared, breaking out portable grills and lawn chairs in the church parking lot. Some have television monitors and satellite dishes so they can catch updates from other worship services while they wait for their own. It's nice weather today, not that it matters. Even in the dead of the winter, they'll be out here in the same numbers. The masses began filling into the sanctuary, cheering with great passion and excitement. Once the service starts, the people, people are all on their feet. Not that they ever sit down. of course. And of course, a bunch of young guys are in the front row. They've probably been here since Friday night. They have no shirts. And each one has a letter on his chest. Together they spell out, get your tithe on. Apparently, the rumor has gotten out that the pastor is indeed going to teach on biblical stewardship and worshiping God with our money. Everyone is pumped for the giving sermon. It's one of the highlights of the year. After several hours, people start looking at their watches. Everyone is thinking the same thing. I hope the sermon goes into overtime. I told you you're going to have to have a big imagination. But what he's alluding to is how things in our life, the entertainment things that we endear to us, have maybe in many ways taken the place of the throne room of our heart. And so today, we want to jump in and keep going. Everyone in Exodus chapter 20, say, I "I is. Exodus 20, of course, is the Ten Commandments. And as you know, the first two have to do with idolatry. And here we go. Let's just read them. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Somebody say amen. Amen. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is, in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Father, we thank you today for the ministry of your word. May it bring forth much fruit in our life. And Lord, may we dethrone the modern day idols of our time beginning this day in Jesus name. And everybody said, when you think of idolatry, what do you think of? You think of statues and, and, and engraved images, but how many of you know that's old school? That's old school idolatry. We've got modern day idolatry today. And when you really look at idolatry, it has nothing to do with statues and molten images. In fact, when we looked at, uh, I think it was Ezekiel 14 last week, uh, God said they set up idols where? In their hearts. And so it's, it's, the, it's a heart issue. In fact, uh, idolatry is anything that takes the place of God on the throne room of your heart. Everyone say Anything. Again, good things can, be, uh, uh, can be, become idols. God, in fact, here's what happens many times. God gives us a good gift and we began to worship and, and care for the gift more than we care for the giver, right? Have you ever bought your... Cha- Let me just say, ha- you know, I'm not a big gamer, a video gamer. You know, back when they first came out, our family was consumed with Mario Brothers and Nintendo. I've heard now that those things are worth a lot of money. I wish I'd have kept them. I think I sold it in a garage sale for five bucks or something. But we got so consumed with that and they were, they were very, uh, you know, the whole thing was save the princess. Anybody ever save the princess? Come on now. That, In fact, we would leave. You couldn't, you couldn't, you could pause it. But if you got going and, and stopped, you'd just lose your game. And so I'd come home and Nathan have a big poster or something. Do not touch TV. I'm close to saving the princess. Uh, but today's culture, you know, everybody, the, I don't know if what's the newest and P, what is those P the games? I don't know. I, and I, and I'm not going to ask you if you have one cause it's irrelevant, but have you ever bought something like that for your kid? They said, I got to have it, I got to have it, I got to have it, I want to have it. And you being the loving parent that you are, because you love your children, you give them what they want. Right. And they, they're so excited. And they say, thank you, mom and daddy. Oh, y'all are the greatest. And, uh. So they go off and they plug it up and they're they're all excited and and then supper time you say, supper, supper, it's family time. Oh wait, uh, where are you? And all of a sudden it seems as though maybe they care more about the gift than they care about the giver. Has any parent ever felt that sad feeling? Well, how do you think God thinks and feels? When we begin to worship the gift, anything that he gives us, anything, we worship that more than we worship him. That's what idolatry is all about. And we've been dealing with that for the past few Sundays. This morning, I want to talk to you about developing 3D vision for dethroning the modern day idols out of your heart. I'm going to give you three thoughts today. I want to encourage you to write them down. Because you know the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, it says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, right? So I want to give you some fresh vision. I want to give you the capacity to really see some things today, to be able to dethrone these modern day idols out of your life. And I'm going to give you some things today that I think that you're going to, you're going to, it's going to be so simple to you that you're going to go, I it can't be that absolutely but be careful to listen be careful to watch be careful to hear because god's going to speak to you some revelation today that's going to change your life in fact tell somebody open your spiritual ears god is about to speak he really is if he can speak through a donkey he can speak through me amen uh, i've been called worse in my life uh, and so here we go i want to give you three d vision three thoughts that'll help you begin to dethrone these modern day idols out of our hearts and begin to reclaim our hearts uh, for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The first one is this. The first part of this 3D vision is this. It's the word determination. Everyone say determination you know, that's what Joshua 24 is all about. And, and if you would, uh, if you want to turn there, you can, but you remember, we've looked at this and quoted this. Remember Joshua 24, he gathers all the peoples. He's at the Zenith of his life and ministry and career. And he challenges them. He says, you know, I challenge you to serve the Lord with all your heart. And he said, but if you want to serve the gods of your past, are the gods of, of this day that you're living in, or are your families past God? You can you can serve whatever gods you want. But then he says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then they say, Oh yeah, we're gonna serve God with all our heart. And then he's just really tough on them and 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 challenges them. To really ensure that there is a determination in their mind and in their heart that they're going to serve the Lord with all their heart. Now, that's huge when it comes to dethroning these idols out of their life. You know, you can't be mamby-pamby with idols. You've got to get determined in your heart. In fact, you've got to determine, just as Joshua was challenging those people, you've got to determine who you're going to serve. You've got to make that determination. You know, uh, to develop a lifestyle of determination, you've got to determine some things. If you're going to be determined about serving God, you've got to determine and you've got to decide and you've got to choose this day who you're going to serve. In fact, when Joshua said to them, choose this day, he was not talking about a one-time walk the aisle kind of deal and then go on your merry way. He's talking about a lifestyle of, of living A daily lifestyle of choosing to serve God every day of your life. You see, as I was talking to Keith uh, just a few moments before the service, he said, you know, we just got away. We just drifted away. And today we're making a choice. We're committing. We're we're determined that we're back. And not only to serve God, but to serve his church. And and that's what we're talking about this morning. And the the interesting thing about, about becoming determined, it's a lifestyle choice that we make. Choose this day. Everyone say, choose this day. day. Some people say, oh, pastor, come on now. I don't, I don't have to do that every day. Well, you know, Paul, the apostle alluded to that when he said this statement, it kind of blew me away as a young man, but now I'm learning more and more about what he was talking about. First Corinthians 15 verse 31, the last part, he said, I die daily. Everyone say, I die daily. What was he saying there? He said, Every day I die to myself and I live to him. Every day I make a choice to be dead to sin and be dead to the things of this world and alive to God in my heart and life. That's what he's talking about. What he was saying was, I am determined. In fact, one passage in Corinthians, he says, I am determined to know, not not, not know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's my source. He's my all. And so understand something. We've got to work ourselves into a place of supernatural determination and begin to determine who we are going to serve. If you went back to Ezekiel, like we talked about these these church, uh, we'll call them church leaders. They were leaders of Israel uh, who had set up idols in their heart. Uh, the, The prophet Ezekiel said, God spoke through him and said, tell them to repent and turn. Everyone say, repent and turn. Now, let me talk about repentance because repentance has a whole lot to do with determination. There's some misunderstandings about repentance. Some people think repentance is just telling God how many sins you've done and confessing all the bad things you've done. Now, understand something, that's a part of it. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. But even the word confess does not mean just say it out loud. It means to agree with God about it. So there's much more about repentance. In fact, the the word repent in the New Testament means really to make a shift and a change and a turning in the way you think. Everybody say the way I think. And so... That has to do, that, that comes right here in the determination zone. I'm determined. I'm changing the way I think about these modern day idols, these things that have controlled my life. I'm changing the way I think every day. Everybody say every day. Let me tell you something. The way you think is the battleground of your life. And listen carefully to me. Uh, whatever you think about the most is what's in charge of your life. That's why Paul in the scripture is so adamant about changing the way I think. In fact, Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever is good, holy, righteous, and and, and a big list of uh, of positive things. He said, think on these things. In other words, get rid of your stinking thinking. Turn away from your stinking thinking and begin to think on the things of God that will make a big difference in your life. Because if you change the way you think, did you know you'll change the way you act? How many of you know some people who need to change the way they act? How many of you know some people on the inside of you that need to change the way you act? It begins with a determination. You change the way you think about your life. And you begin to realize, hey, as for me and my house, we're not serving these gods. These are not a part of our life. We're going to serve the Lord. And we are determined. We are developing a determination in our mind. And so I'm, I'm changing the way I think. I'm changing the way I act. And guess what? That'll change. When you change the way you think, it'll change the way you act. And when you change the way you think and the change the way you act, it'll change the way you go. It will change the destiny of God over your life. It will, pardon me, it will change the direction of your life into the destiny of God over your life. But it begins with a real determined effort in your heart to say, hey, you know, I'm making some choices today. Hey, some people say, well, I, I don't know about that. Listen, if you don't make choices, the false gods will make them for you if you let them stay in charge, they will make all the decisions over your life. And listen, they will take you further than you want to go and make you stay longer than you wanted to stay and make you pay more than you ever thought you wanted to pay. In fact, what you'll realize about things like the gods of pleasure, they really don't bring pleasure. They bring pain and sorrow and and sadness in our life. And so we've got to come to the place. If you want to dethrone the, the first part of this 3D vision, you've got to get a real visionary perspective about your life and say, you know what? What have I determined to do in life? Am I just Kesarah, Sarah? Am I just kind of let, go, let come what may? Or have I got something on the inside of me, some godly determination that says, hey, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to begin to turn my eye. I'm turning-that's what he said, turn away from these false gods. And I'm putting my eyes on him I'm changing some things in my life I'm determined to serve him all the days of my life and I'm going to do it every day amen everybody go some people all you do is you go meow like I guess maybe so maybe not but something needs to rise up on the inside and go I am determined I'm not going to let this false idol be in charge of my life any longer. Everybody say determination. That's the first part of the 3D vision. The second part is this, uh, to dethrone the modern day idols of our time. We do so by way of definition. Everyone say definition. Now, this word, uh, there's a lot of different angles to it. Uh, but it really, the word define, it talks about developing some very clear boundaries for our life. Everybody say clearly marked boundaries. Listen carefully to me, and you'll learn and you'll know that this is so true. As parents, all the parents lift your hands, all the grandparents lift your hands, all the great grandparents lift your hands. Got any great grandparents? Oh, we got a few great grandparents. Hey, understand something. As parenting, it's parenting 101. There will be boundaries. Even, a you know, Lord Beth, jo, Josiah is just, what, six, 15 months? There's already boundaries. They got things. They got gates and locks. There's boundaries. Now, he hasn't learned the boundary of the pantry yet. Because he goes in the pantry and brings out all the goodies and goes, I And as he grows, guess what? I helped Josh when they bought their home. We put a fence up. Was it because Josh just hates the neighbors? No, because his little boy needs some boundaries. And as they grow up, you don't flip them the keys to the car and say, Have a good time. Who cares where you go? Enjoy yourself. Here, here's 50 bucks. No, because there's... And what are those boundaries there for? They're for their protection and therefore, for their provision. And when God showed up to the children of Israel and began to declare by way of the Ten Commandments, very, it was very clear boundaries. And he began like this. I brought you out of hell, out of the land of Egypt. I delivered you out of the land of bondage. And now let me tell you right up front, you shall have no other gods before me. How many of you know that's pretty clear boundaries? It's amazing to me how we allow the gods of our day to muddle the boundaries. There are churches today built around no boundaries. Our culture today has been so di, 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 no, so, the, the, Our culture today has been so deceived that there are no more boundaries when it comes to uh, uh, to marriage, a husband and a man and a woman. Oh, no more! There's no boundaries. And so we, we, we battle with this issue of boundaries. And listen carefully. It, it happens within the church. It happens within... How I many of you know? This, the Word of God is a very clear boundary. There's, there's no gray areas. And these are not the 10 suggestions. Some people live like they're the 10 suggestions. Am I right or am I wrong? Am I just being old school here? If God says no, He means no. If He says stay away, what does He mean? Stay away. And we come up with these, this this gray area, and are like, well, you know, gosh, everybody's doing it. You know, that's just, you know, God made me this way. It's just normal. Now listen carefully. You begin to get back to the boundaries of God's word. You know, I tell people all the time, and, and I've I've been through circumstances and situations, and, I, and there are times when my my mind gets cross-haired, even in people's lives. And I go, yeah, but what does the Bible say? Everyone say, but what does the Bible say? Come on, look at your neighbor, and say, ask them, what does the Bible say? Because I guarantee you, there's some area in all of our lives where we're wa- wanting to gray it up, we're wanting to water it down a little bit because we want to make it fit the way we're living. Listen, we don't make the Bible fit the way we're living. We let the Bible determine how we live. My goodness gracious. Josh, say amen. Help me here. It's the boundaries, the Ten Commandments. The Word of God. The 3D vision, the first one, is a determination. I'm going to choose this day and every day to serve God. The second one is this. Hey, I'm going to get clearly defined boundaries. You know what Adam and you know what God did with Adam and Eve? The first, the first thing God did with Adam and Eve, he laid out the, the ground rules. He laid out the boundaries. He said, look at all of this wonderful Garden of Eden. Woo, it's grand and glorious. I don't know if he did it that way. I'm just kind of... If I were God, that's what I would do because I'd be excited. (laughs) Look at it, man. It's awesome. Whoo! But there's one tree. You can eat from all the trees. You can have all of this. Isn't this the way humanity works? Here's this wonderful, glorious life. But don't do that amazing how human nature says I think I want I got all this just tell me I can't do it you know, don't, don't do that I think I'm going to do that it's our sin nature and the first thing they did was they watered down the boundary lines and they doubted the boundary lines that God laid for their life I think that's the way with a lot of us. There's no definition. There's no defining. There's no, uh, there's no understanding of the boundaries that we live in. And some people live, like well, there's no boundaries. It's, oh man, it's just a, whatever. God loves me. He blesses me. All the while he's saying, no way, you're out of bounds. Listen, we can't live life out of bounds and expect God to bless us. I'm going to say that again. You can't live life out of bounds from God's word, governed by the modern day idols of your time, and expect God to bless you. In fact, Kyle Eidelman says, God's not going to bless the competition. So, Dethroning the modern day idols, the first uh, part of the 3D vision, is this, determination. I am determined to serve Him and Him alone. The second one is, I'm returning to the modern, uh, not to the modern day, but I'm turning to the, to, to the boundaries of God over my life. His Word is, is, is my guide. His Word is my focus. I'm living, I'm going to live my life according to what thus saith the Lord over my life. Amen. But the modern day culture is trying to get us to push the envelope, to gray the waters, to muddy the waters, to where we don't know what's right and wrong. You see today, some of the things that were so clearly wrong are now just okay and just, hey, it's all right. So we've got to get back to the definition and the defining of the boundaries. You see, understand something about the Old Old Testament, New Testament. The Old Testament, uh, you know, people say, well, we're not under the law anymore. And that's true. We're under grace. But how many of you know the principles of the Old Testament are just as strong today as they've ever been? In fact, hey, listen. Uh, the, the Old Testament uh, uh, the, and the Ten Commandments even, they're, they're no, they're, some people think, well, they're no longer applicable because we live in the, in the New Testament times. Well, listen, the New Testament uh, is just the, the, the newfound grace to obey the command of God over our life. The problem with the children of Israel was they could never obey. They're always messing up. They're always blowing it. And now the grace of God has come along. And so some, somebody say, amen. We have the grace to be able to apply the word of God and, 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 and walk within the boundaries and color within the lines of our life and let God do something glorious. Everyone say determination. Everyone say definition. And now the third part, this third D, the 3D vision for your life to help you be able to dethrone the modern day idols of your time. It's the word declaration. This is a powerful thing. In fact, we know this from scripture in many different places, but Jesus taught in the gospels, Luke chapter six, he said this, uh, even on a positive side or a negative side, I don't have time to quote the scripture, but he said, out of the abundance of the what? The heart, the mouth does what? Speak. So whatever has your heart is what ends up coming out your mouth. And the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I think there's a big, in fact, the ladies y'all are going through uh, uh, some of these things about h- how you get control of your thoughts and your and your words, and and how you uh, uh, let God's word be made real in your heart, and how how you uh, be able to to dethrone these idols out of your life. And so it, it's a it's a powerful thing to be able to understand that by our words, in fact. The Bible says we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, that's his part, and by the word of our testimony. Somebody say amen. amen. And so the declaration factor is so true and so powerful in our life. Uh, and so whatever holds the market on your heart holds the market on what's on coming out of your words. And so when you begin to let Jesus be the Lord and the leader of your life, like Trent said, not just your savior, but who leads you into a whole new level of righteous living, then your words have great power. I want to give you three things that you can do and how you can declare some things to dethrone these modern day idols out of your life. Number one, declare war on the idols of your day, on your modern day idols. Declare war. Everybody say, "I'm, I'm declaring war turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let me show you this. This is powerful. One of my favorite passages of scriptures when it comes to this thought, second Corinthians chapter 10 verses one through five. Uh, but really, uh, verse three and four will work for us. Paul says this for though we walk in the flesh, that means just in our physical body, we do not war according to the flesh. In other words, our battle is not a fleshly battle. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Everyone say strongholds. Now that word strongholds, I've told you this before, it means castles in the mind. In our thought, that's the battlefield. We talked about it. We learn to change the way we think. And he said, we pull down strongholds that are castles in our mind. And look what he says in verse five. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That sounds like a war to me. We're taking prisoners. And we're, we're getting control of the way we think. We're declaring war on these modern day idols. And I don't know what idol you may be struggling with, but I'm telling you, in fact, we talked about mountains just a few moments ago when we prayed. You can speak to these things and say to them, you are no longer in charge of my life. You've been a mountain and you've been a stronghold in my life for now these many old years. But today you're coming down. I declare it over you. Jesus is the Lord and the leader of my life There's a new sheriff in town You are not in charge of my life You can tell your negative thought life You are no longer in charge of my brain Pastor I can't control my thoughts Oh yes you can Some people say Oh those Christians are just brainwashed We just chose who washing on our brains Are you with me? You can change the way you think. You can declare war. I'm bringing my thoughts under the captivity of Christ. And when a thought of the old idol comes into your life, nope, you don't don't belong here. If you had someone come into your... (laughs) I'll never get done. I got to tell you a funny story. We were somewhere at a conference. And one of... Pastor Ron's youth pastor... Uh, they had youth pastors went off and did things and all the pastors were out doing things. And we all g- gathered back together. Well, Pastor Ron called his youth pastor and he said, well, I'm already up in the room. They were uh, in, in his room. And so, so he said, okay, well, and I just got the devil on me or something. I said, don't tell him we're here. And he said, okay, well, we're out drinking coffee. We'll be there in a little while. So we had this big old tall pastor. He was a big old guy. His name's Phil Polson. He's just a big... I was just a huge guy. I said, Phil, you want to pull a prank? And he said, Well, sure, I'm all up for prank. So we gave him the room key and said, Just go in the room where this youth pastor is and say, Hi, how you doing? Is this my bed? He didn't know this guy from Adam. So we're standing outside the door. And he, he does. He goes in and we hear the whole thing Hey, man, how's it going? You mind if I use the restroom? and this guy's laying on the bed watching TV he comes out is this your bed or is that my bed which one are you sleeping in and Pastor he Ron, me and Pastor Robert <laughs> finally he said uh, pardon me now think about your brain we do that every day thoughts come rushing in and they say pardon me is this my brain? Is this where I can set up residence? Uh, I guess so. And we let these things in. You know what I'm talking about. It's time to get radically proactive in declaring war on the modern day idols of our day. Because if you don't, they will. They, have, they are not merciful or compassionate. They will not yield and bow. They will cause you to yield and bow. And so we've got to declare war. Hey, hey you declare what? It's just time to get serious and say, I'm at war. You know, the terrorist thing. How I many of you know we're in the middle of a war? It's called terrorism. And a politi- to be politically correct, you have got to be careful. You don't want to step on anybody's toes. You, you know, you, you, you don't want to call them, you know, uh, radical uh, Islamic jihad terrorists. You, no, that's what it is, and that is the enemy. And these thoughts in our life, and these idols in our life, you got to begin to declare war on and say, these things coming down. I don't care how long you stayed today, you're coming down, and I'm declaring war on the on the modern day idols in my day. Somebody say Amen. Because out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth ought to speak. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it ought to come out of your mouth. Say, I'm sick and tired of being controlled by these things in my life. No more will they take control of my life. I'm taking charge and I'm yielding my mind and my heart and my life under the governance of God Almighty. I'm declaring war on the idols of my day. Number two, I'm declaring worship to the only true God. I'm going to declare it with my mouth. I'm going to begin to worship God radically in my life. And, I, and it's not just going to be in my heart. Some people, Pastor, I don't know. I'm just going to praise him in my heart. I, I, I'm just, you know, lifting the hands and dancing and shouting and, and clapping. All that's, that's for the Pentecostals. Hey, listen, that's for people who've been set free. Who've been brought out of bondage. If you'd been set free from fifty years in prison and you were wrong with, or you were rightly accused and somebody just came and set you free, you wouldn't walk out and go. Great sermon, Pastor. <laughs> you'd be going, "Whoa, hoo Fresh air. Where's the We're celebrating. Listen, it's time to declare who God is in our life and and, and place Him back on the throne room of our heart. I love David was great at this. Psalm 89.1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Not just on Sunday morning. Clapping our hands. I won't get carried away. Some of you need to get carried away. Because where you are is Bummerville. I will sing in the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth, somebody say with my mouth. With my mouth, I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. I'm going to declare who's King of Kings and Lord of Lords over my life. With my mouth, I'm declaring war on these modern day idols and I'm declaring that he is the one true God and he is it Lord, he is Lord and he is in charge of my life and I will sing of his mercies forever and ever and with my mouth, I'll make known his faithfulness to all generations, amen. (laughs) Woo! Let me give you one more. We declare words of deliverance over our day over our family oh david was big at this let me just throw out a few and and Gosh, there's so many. Psalms, let's just, if you want to turn there, Psalms 89, just, gosh, all throughout the Psalms and other passages, but David was a great declarer of the deliverance of God over his life. Psalms 89, uh, oh gosh, uh, man, no, Psalms 18. I got it backwards, I was looking. At the, Psalms 18, let me show you these verses quickly, and then we're going to close. He says this about the deliverance of God over his life. Psalms 18, verse 17, he says, He delivered me from my strong enemy. From those who hated me. For they were too strong for me. He goes on in verse 19 and says, He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because He has delighted in me. Verse 43, He says this, As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The foreigners submit to me. And and on and on He goes. And He says in verse 48, He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from a violent man. Therefore, I will give Thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, sing praises to your name. Verse fifty: Great deliverance he gives to his king, and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Somebody say, "Amen." Oh, and I love verse chapter thirty-four. I love this. This this passage has special meaning to me. I can remember when I first heard it from a from a black pastor from. Houston, Texas by the name of C.L. Jackson from, from Pleasant Grove Missionary Baptist Church he began to quote this he said this I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make its boast in the Lord the humble shall hear of it and be glad oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked upon him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fears him and delivers them. The power of our words bring down giants in our life. Declaring war on these modern day idols, declaring our worship to God and declaring our deliverance by God. In fact, Psalm 32, verse 7, David said this Thou art my hiding place, thou shalt preserve me from trouble, though, the, uh, though they shall compass me about with songs of deliverance. Folks, today we can dethrone the modern day idols of our time. Now, let me simplify. Everybody say, not simplify. Everybody say simplify. Now, three words is pretty simple. What were they? They were determination, definition, and declaration. But let me even simplify all of that with this one verse. It's 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 9. For they themselves show us how you turned to God from idols. To serve the living and the true God. Did you see that? How did they do it? They turned from idols to God. They turned their back on their idols. And they turned their face to God. I love what Kyle adamson said. He said, idols are defeated not by being removed but by simply being replaced. We turn from our idols to serve the living and true God. Today, we have authority and power to find great deliverance as we turn from and turn to Him. Let's stand together this morning. Let's stand before the Lord. It's right up noon. We won't be here but a few moments longer. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, this message was mine. I've been waffling in my determination. I've been graying the areas that God wants to clearly define. And to be very honest, the declaration of my mouth has not been from the positive side of life. Today's your choice and your opportunity with every head bowed and every eye closed to turn from and turn to. And let me just say it this way. If you're here today and you've never really turned to Christ, you've never really yielded to him. Listen, you don't have to clean up before you come up. You just come to Him. and You yield yourself to Him and He'll clean you up. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, right where I stand, I know that I'm not right with God. That there's other lords and there's other leaders in my life other than Jesus. And today... I want to yield my life. I want to turn from and turn to him. I want to replace these old idols of my heart and life with Jesus Christ as the Lord and the leader of my life. If that's you today, right where you stand, just lift your hand wherever you are. Just say, that's me, Pastor, today. I'm giving my life to the control. I see that hand, sir. I've given my life to the control and the leadership of God Almighty. I see those hands. Someone else, your heart's beating strong and you know this is your, this is your moment. Lift your hand and say, that's me. I'm, I'm praying today that God will take up residence in my life. I see those hands. As our prayer teams come and scatter across the front of this room, I'm gonna pray for you today. I want to pray that God would make himself known in your midst. Your honesty today in lifting your hand reveals that there's something on the inside of you that desires to be free from the bondage of these idols in our lives. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want everyone here in this room to pray this prayer with me. And if you lifted your hand, I want you especially to pray. See, I'm just, it's not the words, it's the heart. And so I want to encourage you to engage your heart in this prayer right now to God. And everyone's going to pray, but if you lifted your hand, I want you to pray. And let's begin to turn from some things and turn to God. Everyone out loud with me, out loud, say this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for paying for my sin on the cross. For dying in my place so I could have new life. I believe that today. I trust in what you did for me on the cross. And I ask you to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I'm turning from my old life to turn to you. I turn my eyes and my heart toward you. And I yield my life to you. You are now in charge. Thank you today that I now belong to you. I am determined to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Listen, if you lifted your hand today and you prayed that prayer with me, that was the most important thing you've ever done in your life. Because now, according to Scripture, you belong to the family of God. You belong to Christ. Somebody give him praise. And the Bible also says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. How many of you would appreciate Jesus one day to be able to introduce you to God Almighty? And so I want to encourage you in something today. If you prayed that prayer, if you lifted that, your hand, this won't take but a moment. But it'll take a little courage on your part when we're dismissed in a few moments. Instead of you going that way or that way or that way, I want you to weave your way up here and take one of these prayer team by the hand and just say this to them, I prayed and asked Christ to come into my heart. They'll pray with you and they'll get some information from you and they will give you a brochure that says the the next steps. You see, you know, salvation is not the end, it's the beginning. And so we've got some great things to help you, tools to help you keep walking forward in your life. And so if you prayed that prayer of sincerity out of your heart and you went that way and instead of come this way, you're going to miss the next step. The next step is not that way, it's this way. So I want to encourage you to do that today. Also, if you're searching for a church home, and you believe that God is adding you to Church on the Rock North and you believe uh, this is where you need to plug in and get involved. Instead of going that way, come this way and just tell one of these prayer team this. Just tell them this. this. We believe God is adding us to Church on the Rock North. Uh, and, or you can just do this. They know what that means. That's the divine okie-dokie we got the divine okie and they'll pray for you and they'll invite you uh, to get some information and, and plug you in, get you moving forward and help you with the next steps of being a part of Church on the Rock North boy, this has been a great day. I appreciate you being here today. We're going to pray one more time. And we're going to ask God to touch people's lives. Let's bow our heads today. And Lord, I pray for those who lifted their hands now, that their next step would be this way and not that way. That they would move to another level in their commitment to you. Not just a hand lifted and a prayer prayed, but a, but a, a conscious choice to say, if I'm going to serve you, I've got to go all in. I've got to go to the next step. And Lord, I pray they would come and pray with our prayer team. And just allow them to give them some important vital information and guidance in their new walk with God. And Lord, I pray for those who are searching for a church home. Lord, I pray they would realize they can't wander. And Lord, they can't do, as Keith uh, mentioned earlier, we can't just slip away and slip out and be uninvolved and disconnected. I pray, Lord, you would you would visit them this morning. And they would realize that you're, you may be drawing them to this church family. And they would connect and plug in and begin to grow in Christ in a whole new way. And we We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Let's give the Lord one more big God bless you. Let Him know we appreciate Him today. Amen. God bless you today. You're dismissed. Uh, Have a great day. And we'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock North. God bless. Have a great day. Amen.